Welcome one, welcome all to The Tension. I am your host, Mick White. The Tension is a podcast all about putting two theological subjects into right relationship and finding the truth that God desires for His church. It is our hope with the show that we will be able to reach the lost, equip the saints, and challenge you to think deeper into the things of God for the glory of God. We are thankful and excited that you have decided to spend some time with us and pray that in some way you will be blessed by the conversation. I am joined with my co-host, as always, my brother, pastor, and friend, Eric Moran, how are you today, brother? I'm doing well, brother. How about yourself? I am splendid. I am I'm good. I'm at peace today. Your message was really good. I enjoyed it. That's good news. Sorry, yeah, I thought it was really good. I was like I like I like the times where you sit down in, in church and God's been kinda like talking to you about certain things and then you started talking about the things that I'd been thinking about and in conversation you know, in prayer about with God. It was kind of cool. I was like, hey, I'm like, I'm, like, I'm right there too. <laughs> like, wherever he's got you right there, that's where I've been all week. So it was kind of cool. One of those things where it's like, I like that. I like that when your relationship kind of bleeds over into the, over the, the big message for church, you know, like it's giving it to other people and not just you. It's always really encouraging to me. I I enjoy it. So at least me and Mick enjoyed this morning. And yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> how you doing? Yeah, that's right. So today on the podcast, we'll be starting a little mini series spanning over three episodes called In Light of the Gospel. Most of the time on the show, we discuss things from both points of view in mind, uh, believers and non-believers. But inside of these conversations, we'll be focusing more on questions that believers would ask and some non-believers may ask also, as I say that now. But with all of that being said, today we'll be discussing In Light of the Gospel, Faith and Works. So we'll start out first, as we usually do, breaking some of these words down to figure out what they mean. The definition for faith is to believe in, to have confidence in, to have faith in, to trust, assurance, what is believed, teaching, and faithfulness. Works are defined as work, task, or deed. From the definition of these two words, faith and works, I would phrase it as Faith with with works is believing in the teaching and trusting the work and deeds that we do in relationship to what Jesus in relationship to what Jesus taught and did alongside the law and the prophets. That's uh also I'm saying like alongside the law and the prophets in that they were about the same business that Jesus was about. That's kind of where I'm throwing out there. But therefore, just as James says in his epistle, uh faith and works are a both and if we fail to do the word if we fail to do the word and only believe we are in no better relationship than the demons what else would you say would help us as disciples grow in our relationship with god as we look at that and we say in the light of the gospel um if you take romans 10 and and you have paul's heart and he says listen my heart's desire and my prayer to god is that my brothers and sisters be saved right so when we take these three episodes and we say in the light of the gospel, it's in the light of the importance of salvation, the weight or the glory of that invitation and what it means to actually be a saved individual, mm-hmm. which then makes the reason that you do what you do motivated and empowered by love instead of fear. Correct. And ultimately when James is saying works and faith and he's putting him in a relationship later on mm-hmm. luther doesn't like this at all but they're they're dealing with it with a reformation and right. a fearfulness of hey maybe we've got this wrong and we need to do it a different way and right. in james's time period we find james in between 
death, burial, resurrection, ascension. And then you've got Pauline, Johnning, the extension of how that ends up going into the church age after the close of the canon. Mm-hmm. And you, you have you have multiple things moving around. So in Romans 10, you have Paul's heart where he says, my desire, my heart's desire is that my brothers and sisters should be saved, for I bear witness that they have a zeal for God. Right. So just because you're excited about knowing God, religion, thinking about the fact that there is a God. Right. It says that not according to knowledge, though. Right. So for being ignorant of the righteousness of God, they seek their own righteousness, for they did not submit to God's righteousness. Mm-hmm. And and when you look at that, for Christ is the end of the law, which is wisdom, mm-hmm. for righteousness for everyone who believes. So if, you, if we read it backwards, mm-hmm. for everyone who believes, the right relationship doesn't come out of the wisdom of the law. Mm-hmm. It comes out of the wisdom of relationship. But the relationship only matters in the fulfillment of the law because the law has to do with who God is, not what you do, because that's legalism and that leads to fear. But in right relationship, he's saying the will of the Father is to be conformed to the image of the Son. The Son perfectly kept the law, Mm -hmm. although they crucified him for being a lawbreaker. Right. He breaks the Pharisee, Sadducees, religious law, but yet says, no, no, I've always stayed within perfect relationship, which is the wisdom of the right relationship, right. which then led me to all of the works mm-hmm. that you you get to be part of. Right. Um, every bit of that is conviction when you're not, right. without condemnation that you can't. Right. So he did it so that you could. Mm-hmm. And... Literally, if you're going to lie, we've we've probably covered this before, but if Satan's going to trick you and he says, you know, watch out for the yeast and the leaven, right? he's not going to give you 50-50 and be like, oh, yeah, I think I'll take heaven instead of burning. <laughs> he's he's going to give you 98%. Right. You're going to sincerely think you're wrong, right? but it's going to be because you're ignorant of his real promise. Right. And that gets back to reading your scripture, and that gets back to surrounding yourself by believer, around with believers. Right. Um, you make choices on what you're influenced by, and those are the things that you need to be aware of because that's the right relationship is now that I know that I am in this right. new relationship, how do I enter the game? Yeah, yeah. And how do I surround myself with the best tools to be able to help me stay there? Right. Um, and then, of course, you're always going to have the enemy. And, and, yeah. and those, those are just... As I think of faith and works in light of the gospel, it's God's invitation. That's why it's in his word mm-hmm. for you to put those in right relationship for his name and glory the right. same way his son did. Right. Well, I was looking at that. Son. Yeah, but that um that book that you recommended, Bearing God's Name, I can't mm-hmm. remember the name of the— She's a female author, and she's very, very good. Yeah, it's a wonderful book. But I, she was actually breaking down a second ago um, how Aaron would have to wear the— the the get up like a specific mm-hmm. uniform all the way down to like a headband with like gold around it that said the what does it say it's like the L or like La Yahweh or something like mm-hmm. that and basically it was he was wearing this certain thing and that's from the weight of bearing his name so I was thinking about this and like that's the that's kind of the thing because if if you say that you believe in him then you are bearing the weight of of God and if that's the case then you should be about his business. And I relate this to when when I ended up at Cedar Creek because we had just ended up in conver- <clears throat> in conversation, excuse me. And there was a need there, so I went to go help. And but while I was there, while I was going and while I was doing, the plan became very clear to me. You know, God made it known to me. He was like, you know, here's 
a brother that's going to walk alongside you that, that gives you the things that you need so that I can go and work and do out of the abundance because I'm getting so much and it fires you up and makes you want to serve and makes you want to do those things. And the beauty of the word is you go back to it and you read it and you're like, man, I got to tighten up on that right there. And it's not in a sense of, to me, it's not in the sense of the condemnation. It's more of like that. It's not that I'm going to get up and do better. It's that I want to, I want to do better. Like I want to be less like I used to be and more like what I have been the new creation. I want to be more like the new creation and more like my father in heaven, not like the old me who was a part of the lie. But going off of what you said a second ago, that sounds a lot to me like you don't have to do the Torah. You just have to believe in Jesus and what he did. And then as long as you believe that, you're good. You don't have to worry about anything. You can sit on the back row and wait and wait until Christ comes back because that to me sounds like a lie that the devil would use versus what God says. Because God says, yes, we must believe, but we'll talk about it later on that James even builds out here. He says that even believing, I mean, even the demons believe and they shudder. So obviously it's, it's, it's more of a both and not an either or. And you got to weigh the why. So your motive, desire your heart, Throughout Scripture, you will see God is demanding the mm. desire of your heart. So even in that piece of Romans that I started with where he says, my heart's desire and my prayer to God is that they would be saved because they have a zeal. I, yeah. I see them excited, but they don't know what to be and who to be excited for. And I can't tell you how many times coming out of church services where God, inside of my process of growth, opened up opportunities for me to be able to share who he was and people would say, man, I love your excitement. It's like, okay, but that's mine. I like my excitement also. I I want you to experience that excitement because if if you ever became excited and it's based in the truth of God, Mm -hmm. the only way that happens is through the gift of the Holy Spirit and and it's fruit, it's evidence. It's no matter if I get beat down today, Mm -hmm. I may feel bad for a short period of time. Right. But eventually I can't stay there because I'm I'm not created for the pity party. I'm not created for the defeat. I'm created for victory and right. victory's not mine. So right. I get reminded of what he's done and it pulls you out of yeah. staying there. I'm not saying I can't get there and I'm not saying I'm going to be right. tempted to do it just like anyone else. Right. But in the end, if like Peter, where else am I going to go? Yeah. I mean, if, <laughs> if, if it's true and I really have fallen in love with it. Right. I can lose sight of it. I can be distracted. I can be separated for a period of time yeah. to where it's me. Right. However, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives through me. And when that, when that returns, yeah. I can't do anything but be thankful and, and, and get back in the game. When you see James, mm-hmm. James is watching them play the same games that we watch people play today where you're talking about religion versus work. Right. And you were wanting to go through 18 through 218 through or 214 through yeah that's going to be the, that was the next little thing we were going to okay, get, okay. get into but yeah i mean i i was just kind of broadly laying laying it out but i mean the more the more that i looked into it for this episode i mean it was very very clear that it is the both and and i mm-hmm. really related a lot to james argument where james is basically saying you tell me which one would have more stock the guy who says i believe but i don't do anything or the guy that says I've done stuff because I believe where to me, that's kind of, that's kind of where it boils boils down to um, 
in inside of those things where you're talking about faith, that's assurance is a part of that faith. So from the assurance is where I operate. But then when I figure out that I can't do it, it just drives me back to my faith, which gives me assurance. But I trust and believe in it so much that I continue to do it and believe and live inside of that assurance that God is going to continue to chisel away the parts of me that need to die off so that his message can be spread through me because it's I'm continually going towards it and believing in it and you know walking out the path that he has he has set out before us through his son can you think of a <clears throat> parable can you think of a, in the gospels mm-hmm. where jesus presents an illustration because that's how he spoke right. to all yeah, yeah um he would break it down individually for his disciples right. but ultimately when he is you know this is what the kingdom of god is like right right um he has these illustrations and when we get into the epistles in the end of days or in the church age, however, however you want to you know, title that same time period. Right. These are brothers really close to the fire trying to figure things out. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're building out of something that's in the gospels. You should always be able to take what came after Christ and put it inside the gospels because that's where Christ presented it. And yeah. of course you should be able to take the gospels that Christ presented and find it in the old Testament. And that's why you'll find tons and tons of references in a reference Bible from the gospels going backwards. Right. Um, because, but going forwards wouldn't be available. Right. So then when you go forward, you're going to see all of your references pretty much going back to the gospel. Mm-hmm. And then if it's directly to the gospel, to the Old Testament, you'll have, you'll have both and. Right. But can you think of a parable that Christ directly speaks into? Because it pops in my head. It's not like you're going to be able to read my yeah, mind. So it's, it's fine not. if you don't. And, and, and we didn't talk about it. But when, when, you, <laughs> when you look at Jesus Christ saying, hey, I, uh, I got these sons. And one said he's going to go to work, and he told me, yeah, I'm going to go, and then he didn't. Mm-hmm. And then the other one said, I'm not going to go at all. But then he started having his heart broken, and then he went to work yeah, afterwards. I, I know the parable you're talking about. It's the same question that you just asked me out of James's approach, though. Which one would be more valuable, the person that says right. and doesn't do, or the one that really doesn't talk that much but does it anyway? Right. Um, where Jesus would say, hey, which one's more valuable? The, the person that said to my face, now nah, I'm out. Yeah. But then walks away and an hour later he's like, yeah, but it's more important. Yeah, I shouldn't have said no. So it's evidence that there's something that gnaws on him in love to right. return to what is important. And that's evidence yeah. of your faith because you're going to find yourself that way as believers in the gospel. Right. Um, way more than, well, I'll do that. And then nobody does anything. Right. And when you have that happening, especially in ministry and it continues to happen, you're going to have to, Question that person in love right. because you can't depend on that person. And if you can't depend on that person, that goes right back to integrity and character and let your yes be yes and your no be no. And it, it it's part of the glue right. of your trustworthiness. Mm. And those are all big words. Yeah. But they're they're necessary words. I mean, that's what creates order and fullness. Right. Are those things. Yeah. And the lack of those things is what created what creates vacuum and chaos. Right. And it's more or less the fruit yeah. of the tree at that point. Um and, and James is challenging those that would say, Oh, Sadducees, Pharisees, I'll tell you everything wrong with you. He's like, Yeah, but you know, Romans two, Paul addresses the same exact thing. Oh, and you guys that call yourself teachers that do exactly what you're telling your students that they're condemned for, Mm -hmm. why don't you listen and look at yourself? Well, where did that come out of Jesus? 
the log in and and you know the log in your yeah, eye while you're yeah. looking at someone else. So it's not that you're not supposed to be doing. It. It's not the Pharisees were so far away. That's something that a lot of people get wrong. Something that I have said wrong when I was a young Christian. So I right. mean, I'm not even pointing at somebody else. I'm pointing at myself. Right. And an author put it in front of me, and it's like, ooh, I'm wrong. <laughs> I never thought about and it. Well, yeah, I've never even. I, but but what he said was this, and it I, it, it convinced me. It pricked me to my heart. The Pharisees were not Jesus' main enemy. Because that's what I would say is, I mean, look at the Bible, the New Testament. Pharisees were his main enemy. Yeah, yeah. You can well, take that away from it. The way the guy said was, no, they were the closest. And then that makes Jesus that much more intent on, man, you got, you got the religion. You yeah. got, you've got the doctrine. You, you've got the understanding. Right. But you're using the application for yourself or for power or for authority or for, mm. for whatever it is. And he's like, you know enough to fall in love with it and love would change you. And that gets back to applying the gospel or, or, or spreading the gospel. People have to have a, a, a foundation yeah. of what it is you're even inviting them into right. before you can ever get to works and, right. you know, expectation of an application. And right. it reversed the way that I looked at the Pharisees. The Pharisees, the reason that he's going after the Pharisees are because they are close enough to where, man, if you would just fall in love, if, if we could just change your why. Well, I think, it, but it gets back to the main thing that he talks about, because I feel like one of the biggest emphasis I saw in, or I see inside of scripture is, is where he really hounds them for saying, you know, you'll go all the way to the ends to make a proselyte, and, but you end up making them twice the child of hell that you are. But it's, um, but I'm, I'm starting with you saying that now, that's why he's so frustrated. He's like, yeah, he's like, Dude, you're so close. You're doing the zeal. <laughs> yeah. You've got the zeal. You've got the works. You're right. you're doing the works. Yeah. Man, if I could just show you the the why, right. It, you'd have it together. You'd have the faith and the works and it would change your heart and you would be on the mission for the the kingdom of heaven and yep. we would be moving forward at a greater speed. Mm -hmm. But religion gives you that false assurance which faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Right. Religion is assurance of what you think. Yeah, that's a good one. And then you have a conviction off of your understanding, and that's what Jesus was going after. It's like, man, if we could just make you not lean on your understanding <laughs> yeah. and fall in love with the expectation and the dependence on God, right? you're already going across the sea to make people like you. The problem is you're making them like you. <laughs> yeah. right? you're, not, you're not making them like the Father right? because I'm not making you like me. Right. I mean, Jesus never said... Anything other than whatever I get to do, I get to do for the Father's name right. to where we get to do what, everything we do for the Father in the Son's name. Right. So now we have to define what we mean by name. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, let your last yes be yes and your no be no. Your name used to mean something before individualistic going to take everybody to court because you're offended. Right. If I gave you my word and I shook your hand and I put my name on it. Yeah, that carried weight. It was more important than anything else because if I lost my name, I lost my credibility, I lost my integrity, I mm. lost you being able to depend on me. And in a culture that they depended on each other, that was you couldn't do that. Well, I think. I mean, I think it's interesting because, it, like, when growing up in Atlanta in the city, you know, nobody really like you had your group of friends or whatever, and that was it. But outside of that, you were just another face in the crowd. But then when I moved to the small town. I almost felt a little bit of that because it was sort of like if you ran into an adult, the first thing that they would ask you is, is who are your parents? Mm -hmm. And then they'd be like, oh, 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 oh. And if they knew your parents, like it seemed like everybody knew everybody, which was really weird for me. But like after we moved and kind of established, 
you know, who we were and, and all that good stuff or whatever. I saw a lot of that, um, the Eastern collective mindset, kind of like remnants of it, you know, just little, little bits of it left over here in the small town where it's like, now I know your mom, would your mom want you to be doing that? You know, that, that doesn't sound like your mom would approve you doing such and such and such. Cause I know her, you know, type, type deal or whatever. And I thought it was really interesting now that I like think about it and learning about all this other stuff and kind of take that information and be like, I've seen the change from it doesn't really matter anymore. It's not like we're not trying to get to know one another for that sense of accountability. It's like, I don't care who your parents are, you know, <clears throat> this is what I say type deal. We're getting, we're going further into that individual instead of the collective. <clears throat> You're thinking that your sin, that being both separation from what you were created to function in the right way, which is to be for the goodness of others and the glory of the God that is the creator instead of the creature mm. to it's all about me, babe. <laughs> and, 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 and when that happens, it, if you said, Oh yeah, I know your father, mm. you know, he's the town drunk, mm. but I feel bad for your mom. Yeah. So I'm watching you. Yeah. Now you could, as a kid, in being given the grace from another set of adults, earn a better name than you came with, but you came with the name that you walked through the door with that you had to overcome. Right. Um, and how we don't think that that plays the other way. In other words, if your kid is out and stealing and breaking in in a collectivist culture, it then shamed the father and the mother when they found out about the son. And so it goes up and it goes down yeah. inside the hierarchy of the family because the family is one unit. Right. And people are saying, I can't allow the diseased unit, cursed unit into my unit if it's in right relationship with God because of the danger of what that would cost us. Right. And when you start looking at that, when we look at the biblical times, who was who, who were the law or the people walking around locking people up? It was the Pharisees, wasn't it? It was the Romans. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, they Romans. were an oppressed people. Yeah. Um, you really don't hear about the law. Because when I was little, mm -hmm. the teacher would beat you. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then you got beat because your parents <laughs> found out the teacher had to beat you. Yeah. And yeah. then they would tell you, I'll beat you again if you hear about it. Because yeah. the collective community would steward as a family. In other words, they, and, and my, they didn't have to call my parents to ask <laughs> if they could beat me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, literally, the parents could line up from house to house if they so chose. Yeah. But I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't go acting all wild in everybody's yard, you know, yeah. and, and, and when it's all individual and you can't touch me and who are you to talk to me? Cause I got a day in court and then I'm going to use the system because there's a police that are going to come and protect me. Right. It ends up empowering the criminal mm -hmm. because the criminal's right until proven wrong. Right. But it breaks down the ability of a community to police itself, to be able to be in God's image, to hold everyone up to a good name and a good character right. and being part of an active, um, active homeostasis. Oh, in yeah. other words, it takes everybody and this, everybody doesn't, it, everybody's different, but everybody matters. Yeah. You can't, you can't have somebody that doesn't matter. You can't have so many free radicals or else it'll, it'll, it'll collapse. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's that, what's that old saying? It takes a village. Yeah. The radio is an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes it does though. I mean, I know it took a village for me. Who isn't an <laughs> idiot at some point in their rearing? Oh, yeah. 
but it means that anyone that saw it could in love speak to you or your parents. It, it wasn't, yeah. you know, oh, that doesn't matter. It's not mine. No, no, it's all, you're responsible for way more if you love God and love others, Yeah, which is your mind in Christ. And it's not like Christ walked around and was like, yeah, man, I don't care about you. I don't care about you. The <laughs> ones that Father says I have to, just these 12, that's, you know, <laughs> right. that wasn't Jesus' right. part. I right. mean, and Jesus exuded the character and the integrity and the namesake and those things matter. I mean, they, they matter way more than we give them credit because it's yeah. not something we automatically look to. But the questions you ask come out of the answers you receive and the way that you approach this life leads to different questions and different answers. And if you say, oh, well, the scripture doesn't speak to me, well, probably because you're not reading it. Yeah. But if you are reading it, it's still not speaking to you, then try to live out what you do understand and see that God doesn't, in community, start using the people of God and the people that aren't of God and then the, the, the word of God. And Faith and works have to be put together because you do what you believe and you believe what you do and you can't separate them. Right, right. I mean, and... It's 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 really clear to me that looking inside of the looking inside of the scripture, but it was only because there's a couple of things that had to change. So first of all, one of the things that had to change was I actually had to understand what the word law meant mm-hmm. in the Old Testament and not use my 21st century, you know, Western understanding of what the word law means because it means wisdom. So when you start looking at it that way, you're like, well. Yeah, that makes way more sense because, I don't know, he's God and he's the one who's given you the instructions, you know, so obviously it's wisdom because he's seen everything. So he pretty much knows what the best advice is, you know, because he created everything. It's like it's like being in constant contact with technical support, you know, like they know they know exactly what to do and how to help you. And I mean, they he made you. I mean, so obviously he's going to be able to help you. But the whole point is Jesus was the embodiment of it's God's desire that no one should perish, but everyone should know him. But a lot of people came to him and presented their, presented their views, what they thought their wisdom to him. And he would say, well, like the one guy says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? I was listening to a sermon the other day and the guy's basically asking, what's the least amount that I have to do to get in? That's basically what the, the guy's question is, is he's asking. And Jesus basically is telling him, you know, love your neighbor. And then he's like, well, you know, who's my neighbor? So he's, he's, he's trying to, he's trying to underskirt. Basically, he's trying to pull a fast one on Jesus, basically. And I, we see that condition nowadays, but with the people looking, reading the old Testament, like, I don't have to do that because of the new covenant. I don't have to do that because of the new covenant. And I really like the, what you put in front of people when you go, how many times do you have to say, I don't have to do that until you realize that you're not one of them. Cause you don't want to, it's back yeah. to the desire of your heart. And my, my my first question is the message that you're remembering. I think there are two of them. There are. And the way that you said it was a guy comes up to him and says, what must I do to enter into king, the kingdom of God to inherit internal yeah. life is actually how that's, it said. That's the rich young ruler. My bad. Well, the one that, no, there's, so there's three. The one that that is said, Okay. Jesus then turns around and says, well, how do you read the law? Yeah, how do you read the wisdom? How do you read the Torah? And the guy says, you know, his answer, do this, do this, do this. And he's like, if you do that, you're in. He doesn't say, 
only by grace through faith. <laughs> he did, it, Jesus did not have that eschatological view. When right. you go back and you read Jesus, there's literally the exchange where the guy comes up and straightforwardly asks Jesus, what must I do to, etern- you know, to gain eternal life? And he asks him, well, how do you interpret the law? And he says, well, to do this and do that and do this. And literally, recorded red letters, yeah. says, if you do that, you'll be in. Yeah. But now here's the trick. Um, if I can find 10 good men inside of Sodom and Gomorrah, will you spare them? Yeah. You know, yeah. Abraham, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, he got 10. What about eight? Yeah. I'll give you eight. I mean, I know I feel bad about this, but how about five? <laughs> I'll give you five. Okay, so wait. <laughs> Two. Two? And the point is, we find out later in Romans, there's no not one, no not, there's no one good, no not one. No right. one seeks after him. Right. All have turned and gone astray. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't even like God was playing a game. It's like, there isn't any. <laughs> so a, a, a zillion zillion or one... <laughs> One was going to be the same as a zillion zillion. There was none that had the ability. So right. God was not bartering and trading with Abraham. Mm-hmm. But he was allowing Abraham to learn that he listens to him. Yeah. And then I'll give you the answer to the question that you ask. Mm-hmm. And it's because I want you to learn to trust me. Right. Um, but he also sovereignly knew that judgment was going to fall. Right. So instead of... Can I have 10? No, everybody dies. <laughs> it's not that kind of relationship. Right. But if you think of him as a judge and you use that nomos out of the Septuagint and that's what you grow out of, you think that God's like Zeus with a lightning bolt that's just waiting to strike you dead. And if you come out and do this or that, then he's going to be against you. Right. Versus what did Jesus say about the Father? He says that he does seek none, would he wishes none would perish. However, Many are going to hell because they're not willing to fall in love with who he is. Right. And it breaks his heart. It's a mm-hmm. God that's for you. So then when you read your Bible, your Bible is not a moral handbook of everything you're not doing. And if you don't get it right, you're going to go to hell. So you better not go to bed tonight without saying you're sorry. Right. You know, and if you do, oh, I mean, you died of suicide. Didn't say sorry. You're going to hell. <laughs> no, I mean, right. either you're saved through the blood of Christ by the chosen sovereign what God gets to know and you don't. Right. And that's the God I want to pray to. Yeah. However, it doesn't free me from wanting to be more like him and share who he is because I actually believe that. Right. I didn't work my way in and I can't lose it by not doing the right thing because it's all hinged in who he is. And the only reason he did what he did was because of who he is. Right. So his works were out of his faith in right. his father. But his faith in his father led to his works. Right. And the will of the father is for you to be conformed to the son. Right. Which is based out of your justification, which is the promise of the gospel. And now that you're free right. to choose, mm-hmm. now you're accountable and responsible for your choice. Before that, you were dead spiritually separated. Your most righteous work is a filthy rag. I can't hold that against you. You're already condemned. Yeah. Oh, you're condemned plus two. Check mark. <laughs> Mick, I'm going to the bathroom. If you could just keep taking you know, check marks, I'll settle this when I get back. And God's a God that's going to come back one day and Mick's over here with a chalk going, oh, oh, that's 36 times plus condemned. You know, and it's like, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. When you fall in love with a God that has truly reached in, different Christianity and, and, and religion, like right. you're, I mean, you're somewhere in there, but 
Yeah, it's when, when, when that happens, that's what changes. Love changes. Law makes you hide. Yeah. So, all right. So, moving on, one of the most famous passages about faith and works is James two fourteen through twenty six. And I guess we, do you want to read it first? Or do you want me to do the question? Because I really wanted this to be read. If you don't mind reading James two fourteen through twenty six. Okay. See, so I'm going to read fourteen through twenty six. Well, either either do you That's want fine. do you want me to read the whole question, or do you want to read the the scripture first? Just read the scripture. Okay. Uh, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says that he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of y'all, uh, I'm going to go ahead and put the plural and the singular out of the fact that I can, and one of y'all says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will turn and say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one and you do well, but even the demons believe and they shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father, and that would be the father of our faith, justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not faith alone, and in the same way not also was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by her works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Okay, so in this passage, James is, and this is my interpretation, in, in this passage, James is building out the both and of faith and works and saying that faith without works is dead. Can you flesh this uh, this passage out a little more? Are there subtle lessons that we may have missed? I know the Ray is Rahab, right? Mm -hmm. Correct. That, that little one, I was like, I was going to chase it down, but I was... I had so many questions coming in at one time that I was like, oh, I'll go back to it. And then now I'm like, I'm just going to ask you because I, I'm kind of not familiar with the story. So I, I'm, I am familiar with Abraham Isaac's story, but okay. I was wondering about the Rahab story. So Rahab is in Jericho. Okay. So they've gone uh, into the conquest mm -hmm. of the land of Canaan. Okay. Um, Rahab takes in two messengers. Either way, there's a couple of messengers go there. She is, once again, by scripture, a prostitute, kind of basically has her brothel. They, the king finds out that they are there, Yeah, comes looking for the messengers. Mm -hmm. She puts them on the roof mm -hmm. and basically puts, hides them, right? Hides them on the roof, like a, like a straw roof, and then lowers them down from her window. Mm -hmm. And then the deal is, if I protect you, then your God will protect me because your God has us scared. Yeah. Um, and this is where they're going to fight the Nephilim, right? And the, the, the conquest of Canaan was against the Gibor, the giant. So, I mean, it's all, okay. it is all tied. That, that okay. is the time period for sure. I think I'm, I'm thinking I'm like remembering it now. And was in Joshua. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely in Joshua in the very beginning. Well, not very beginning, but it, it's in close the beginning the chapters of Joshua. And the deal is your God has us scared. Hmm. I'm going to protect you. In order to do that, I'm going to put my life on the line, but I'm more worried about your God. And when you come to sack this city, yeah. I'm going to put a scarlet red 
notify, you know, they would be able to know where her house was off yeah. of this Scarlet Red. And the deal was, we will protect you and your family when right. we come. Yeah. And it was her faith that saved her and the fact that God had them, her scared of who he was and what he was about to do. Um, and then she put her trust in God because the soldiers came to her door and her life was in jeopardy right. before she ever received anything that she was looking forward to and hope. Right. Um, put her life on the line, hid, hid, hid the messengers. They got lowered down and they hid while the, the armies went out looking for them. Cause mm -hmm. she said, Oh, they're gone already. So they, they respond to her news. Right. And then it allows them to get back and go. Yeah, I think I think the way that it's worded in scripture is she says, I'll protect y'all if when you come and take this place out, your God will protect me and my family. Oh, it's all a God thing for sure. Yeah, yeah. So but I I think I thought that was that was pretty cool. So but it with that being said, that's another time that her faithfulness to her word to the men, the you know, the Israelites in that time just as Abraham being faithful by taking his son up to the, on the altar, then God shows up and does his part, but that's like the doing and believing, right? That's the faith and works, right? So there's a couple of things that you got to cover there. So number one, if you tell it one way, she did it because she was scared. She was protecting herself. She was scared of God. Well, well yeah. So when you say uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge right. in Proverbs one and, and, and nine. All right. It's both. And yeah. However, oh, but we just have an awestruck wonder and love as believers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. In other words, once she made the covenant and the guys got away and here comes the nation of Israel, this is the awe and wonder of I. this is the God that I know is going to protect me and does. Right. But before salvation, there is a real, you know, judgment is coming. Mm-hmm. And it's not the father's choice to judge because the father's heart is wishing none would perish. His heart is love. Right. But he is holy. Yeah, yeah, And his holiness is going to demand perfect payment. Right. So the perfect payment has been made out of grace, a merited favor. Right. But there is a real fear of the Lord without the coverage of his blood and plan mm -hmm. that a lot of people try to explain away because, oh, no, you're not really supposed to fear the Lord. It's it's both and. I mean, there is right. a there is a pure reverence and awe as a believer that I can't believe he has done this for me and I get to fall in love with his protection and provision. Right. But for that protection and provision to matter, um, don't worry about the person that can take your body. You need to fear the one that can take your body and your soul because right. he's coming. Yeah. And, and, and you've got this area of time and it's it's another one of those both ends. Right. So when we. Back up to the Abraham illustration. Abraham, when he says, come outside and look at the stars, your descendants are going to be, so it would have been uh, cut in the covenant. Um, Genesis 15. And 12 or 15. 15 sounds better. All right. Yeah. So either way, it, I mean, literally, it, I'd have to go look, but Genesis 12, I think, is the calling of Abraham. Yeah. And cutting the covenant is 15. 15. That sounds yeah. right. All right. So, yeah, I mean, I, it's not like a don't. Uh, anyway. So when you look at that and he calls him out and he says, your, your nation's going to be like this. And God, you called me out and you told me to go and you'd show, you'd establish my plans and I've gone. Yeah. And now you, you, here you are talking about this nation again. I don't have an offspring. I don't have a physical way of right. making this spiritual promise come true. Right. I've got my servant. Yeah. And are, I mean, are you going to bore my name through my servant? It, it doesn't, it doesn't line up. Mm -hmm. I don't understand how what you're saying is going to be able to 
physically be able to make be manifest. Right. And he says, well, ta- take your physical tail out in the yard <laughs> and then look up at the physical stars. Yeah. And I'm telling you right now, I have said there'll be as many as the star. And Abraham, Abraham literally says, where else am I going to? And he doesn't say, Peter, where else are we going to go if we believe? Abraham believes him. And Abraham goes, okay, I believe you. And that belief was counted unto him as right relationship when he stood right there without doing another thing. Mm-hmm. Now, all of the doing from trusting him in that yard without even having a son mm-hmm. goes through getting a promise that Isaac is named laughter because Sarah laughs. Yeah. Abraham is dependent. Abraham's still waiting on this answer that right. he is, he's trusted him, mm-hmm. but I'm not seeing it. Yeah. So then in the New Testament, where the disciples turn our father of faith into is don't walk by sight. You better walk by faith. Right. Because whether it's Abraham or whether it was Adam and Eve, Eve did not walk by faith in the word of God. She went by her eyes and the lie that was told that she could see every one of these calling out of who you used to be is going to have to come down to a trust yeah. before you see it or else it's not faith. Right. You know. The assurance of things hoped for. Yeah. And then in Romans, it says, if you can see what you hope for, it's not hope. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's a wage at that point, and it's not hope. Hope is the things that are seen are here. They're they're, they're temporary, and the things that are unseen are eternal. Right. The eternal story underneath the physical things is something you have to believe in, and then it will manifest itself through that faith in ways that you could never— who ever thought that I would be preaching or even reading a Bible from when all I did was love myself and self-gratification through drug addiction. Right. But drug addiction was taken by grace away from me, mm-hmm. not that I got rid of it because I fell in love and had faith in God's actual invitation. Right. Many people try and blur on both sides. And what he's saying here is Abraham believed him in the yard that night. Yeah. Now, it manifested itself after he pimps his wife out twice, and he does all these other things that are all messed up, and then yeah. finally he gets down to the bottom of the hill, and he tells his servant, all right, I'm taking my son up here, and I got the wood, but we are coming back down. Now, yeah. what he just said makes absolutely no sense, but what it proves is he believed that he, this was his son and the only son that was going to be the son of promise. Yeah. The promise is greater than what I think or what I see mm-hmm. because I don't know. I've already pimped my wife out twice and I've already heard enough garbage about this over supper. <laughs> and then over here I did this and then I've, I've failed enough thinking I was going to say what God was going to do mm-hmm. to where, I don't know, I'm going to take the wood and I'm going to go up here <laughs> and I pray to God I don't have to kill my son. Yeah. And when he gets up there, he gets to the point where he has to do what he does not want to do before God says, I'm going to do it for you. And that is getting back to you don't have to be rebaptized. That made that faith, that righteousness that was gained in that front yard before you ever had a son mm-hmm. that was ridiculous out of a barren womb, mm-hmm. but by the miraculous gift of God, to then offering up this miraculous gift of God that you feel like you're entitled to because it's the gift of God. It's the one thing God gave me, mm-hmm. and here it is, and I have to offer it up to him. But the more you trust him and the more you wrap, you get your fingers away from the idols that you wrap your hands around, the more God can continue to show you your right relationship. Right. Counterintuitive. 
Well, I mean, I just I think that it's interesting that you that you say it that way because I, what what kind of comes to my mind is, is that when you're when you're younger, in a sense, you have this healthy fear of your parents in a, in a sense, but like. Like I, I like I knew that my dad wouldn't like beat me unless I actually earned, you know, I, I deserved to be disciplined and all that. But I remember one point in time where I got in trouble at school or whatever, came home, got a stern talking to, and you know, gonna 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 have to spank you. And so <clears throat> we go and dude, I go to get spanked or whatever, and it's just this limp wristed smack on my on my tail with with the belt. And I turn around and my dad's just crying. He was more disappointed in what I had done than he was on. And inside of that, I'm starting to see that like when we, when we view God as a loving father, it changes. Yes. It's fear in the beginning because we don't know him as, as father. We know him as God of the universe. We know him as God of the entire world creator of all things. And that's terrifying because you know that you have been, outside of right relationship and you know that you deserve to be judged and condemned because you haven't you haven't done anything that he's said to do you haven't well you don't even care what he says you should be doing or what or what we should be about and the, but then when we enter in that relationship with him that that love casts out fear so it so it's it's basically a 180 and you see that God is for you not not against you and that he's invited you into this thing and he's He's saying, as you go and as you do, I'm going to continue to teach you things and love you and grow, and you're going to grow, and out of that growing and you're doing and you're believing and you're trusting, that's where you actually see true progress made in your walk with God. And that so and I don't know how you do that with just faith and no works or just all works and no faith. It really is the both and, and it's not like we just have to get rid of this idea of we have to do this because this is the only way that we're going to get to heaven. I think that's just the wrong way to look at it. It's not, it's not inside of relationship that, that God actually truly desires for us. All right. So meta narrative gospel mm-hmm. and then micro narrative counseling or application of that gospel on the God side. My challenge would be, I got beat a lot as a, as a child, probably deserved 92. Sounds good. There were those that he knows better than me because I just remember my point of view. Now, the bottom line is this, though. You can't get married in God's perfect design without one watching the other one die. Yeah. So perfect marriage, absolutely no separation. The best that you can think of still ends with unbelievable pain and separation. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, a lot of people have tried to say that cross is child abuse uh, as far as looking at it and what kind of God would, you know, as a father, um, crucify his son in one of the most horrible ways that you can imagine. And it would be, well, the same God and father that knows there's millions that are going to go to face his holiness and feel so much worse for eternity that he made a 
physical example and it absolutely ripped his heart out. But it's also going to rip his heart out to see millions not respond. Mm. So the one, even as beautiful and unique, it's not a value statement, but the one, because he was so valuable, is the statement that the father's heart's breaking either way. I mean, mm. if if you have a child and that child dies before you, part of you dies because that was part of who you are, and God is watching the creation and creatures that he loves being destroyed by the will of another that he allowed to reveal those that actually fall in love and actually are part of the kingdom. And, and, and there's tons and tons of conversations there. I, I mean, I understand it, but that's meta narrative and that's, that's the big story. And that's, that's between, okay, if God is God and he's holy and Jesus is who he said he is and he's not a liar, he's not a lunatic, he's the Lord, then that filters down eventually to, now what do I do with the life that that gospel has purchased? And that life has to do with psyche, not bio, because if I change your mind, you'll change your actions. Right. So if I change your mind, how am I going to change your mind? I'm going to change your mind by the faith in your heart being changed. And when your faith starts to change you, the evidence is the works. So if you don't have the works, you're not showing the evidence of the heart change to where I have to keep talking to you in love about your heart because you, you don't even, you're, you don't have the zeal to do the, the works yet. Right. But at some point, you grow up out of the mind, mind, mind. God is my protector, provider. He is holy. He is love. He is spirit. And then eventually you're like, so why did he do it? Why am I here? Well, when it comes that, you become the older child that gets to walk with the younger child two by two, sent out by a pastor being a parent. Right. And you had the family dynamic that, once again, is the image of the community of God. But when all I'm saying is this. 14 through whatever this is, 24, James is saying, okay, now that Jesus has done and become the door and God has proven who he is, how are you going to prove who you are? Mm. Because if you say you believe it, but you don't do it, how about I do it and I show you what I believe? (laughs) And then which one is God going to be glorified in? Which one is going to matter for the kingdom of God? Which one is going to make impact? Which one is going to lead me into new places that you're never going to go if you sit around and talk about it all the time? The only way it's going to happen is when I apply what I really believe in trust and dependence that he'll lead me, and then he does. Yeah. Now, that's the assurance. Right. And faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Now, how am I going to be assured if I don't do it? Because I just have an idea. Right. Now, if I have an idea and somebody scared me into it because, I mean, you know, look at this wreck and this could be you if you died. And I, okay, but I could scare myself out of it. Yeah. All I got to do is get home and think about how unlovable I am. Yeah. And then through condemnation of everything that's true about me, I mean, none of yeah. it, none of it's a lie. So, of course, Satan has the truth of what I look like apart from the gospel. Right. And I lose what I thought I had to the point where I either have to become a hypocrite and wear a mask and go to church and act like it's not that way. Right. Or I have to say, well, I'm glad that it worked for Mick, but it didn't work for me. And then walk away in defeat. And it can't, it can't be changed until you actually fall in love with the actual gospel. And that, and that is, I mean, it's, it's about, it's about his people place in presence and it's his kingdom waging war against the people and the place and the presence of this brokenness and all of the things that you were never created to be 
I have to believe one of those truth claims. Right. And in the garden, where it starts, it's like, okay, so you gave them a works-based, if you do this, you surely will die. You, that's a truth claim. Right. If you do it, you're going to die. Yes. They did it. Yeah, they did it. All right. So he, they have to die. Yeah. But ultimately, when God the Father makes that, if you do this, you surely will die, you've got the deceiver that's been the deceiver from the beginning. And the reason he gets to usurp the authority and become the father, the power of the prince of the air, the God of this age, is because basically somebody had to be the, okay, that's nice you told them, but um, unless somebody gives them another truth claim, right? how do they know what choice is? Yeah. They're not choosing to obey you. They're just ignorant to another choice. Right. Somebody has to challenge what? Their mind. Right. With doubt, with another truth claim. So with the other truth claim, you have doubt in your mind. Mm -hmm. So where is the doubt going to have to be overcome? In your mind. In your mind. Well, what is my mind going to be torn apart from are the two truth claims. Right. About the meta narrative. Right. Did God truly say? Yeah. Well, I think that's the problem. <laughs> but what I saw, don't walk by sight. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I think, don't lean on your understanding. <laughs> right. well, my life is short, only by grace. <laughs> and and until until you understand the bigger story, though, you got no way of of of, of filtering those down to understanding what to do with your body, and right. that that's chaos. That that's okay. Yeah. So now I'm going to try and grab everything that I can to fill myself right. with what I was created for, but I don't know the creator and I don't know his design. Mm. And and it's our fault. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you heard? Well, I've never heard anybody say the gospel like that. And that's one of the saddest facts that you could ever hear someone say. That means, oh, I've been here on earth however many years they've been here. But I've never heard anybody say it that way. Number one, God's then pouring out his spirit in a new way that hasn't been. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, that should make us not want to walk past anybody. Right. And and then how quickly do we get sucked back into our little thing and I it it never stops conviction, but you can get rid of condemnation. And and to me that's 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 where one of the that's the psyche that's one of the signs of fruit. Mm -hmm. Because you know, love, joy, peace, patience, what does that really come down to? It comes down to the still telling me the truth and conviction, mm -hmm. but I know he loves me. Right. And I know that he's patient. Right. Because I'm still here. Yeah. I know that he's kind because I didn't deserve it. Right. And I know that he's gentle and I know that he's steadfast and I know that he's. So when it becomes more about him and I get to be like him, even how I am right now, mm -hmm. I get to focus on the things that he's changed while being honest about the things that still need to be changed mm -hmm. because he's a God that loves me and he's for me. It's, he's not wanting to condemn me. So what is the devil, the deceiver, going to do? He's the accuser and the deceiver. And he's going to accuse you of everything you know is true and truly wrong about you. Mm -hmm. But he's going to deceive you about the goodness of God. Right. Genesis 3. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what it is. And, yeah. and, and it, 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 he, it, we know the schemes of the devil because he doesn't have to change them. Yeah, pretty much. Because we will naturally, as born dead, spiritually separated, align ourselves in our quote-unquote human nature. Mm -hmm. But that's where you have to understand But that nature was the problem. The old man, the old name, the old nature has to be put to death. Now, well, how do I do that? Now we're to James. And James right. is saying, okay, how you do that 
is by doing something. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's very true. So I have one question here, and this is, uh, I'll just tell the audience as well, this is my selfish, selfish <coughs> question. There, we were talking, uh, I guess it was a couple months ago on the phone, we started working through this because I don't remember if you asked me or I said it, and then you're like, can you tell me what that means? And then so we, we began the thought process of mm-hmm. you trying to help me think through it. And I think it ended with something along the lines of, you're going to have to go look that up and see what it is and da 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 So I was like, darn it. But then I'm, I'm, I'm sure I got caught on something else and put all my attention and focus on that. So when we wound up on this topic, I was like, ooh, I'm going to ask my question and I'm going to do it on the show. So he has to answer me. So at least I get, <laughs> at least I get to answer my question without having to do the work. Yes. <laughs> That's in. Everyone is listening. Just know, <laughs> just know that that's he's still love. But go ahead, brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I am seriously wondering this. So we all long to hear "Well done, my good and faithful servant." And I really appreciated when you challenged me with it because you basically asked me. You said, "What does that mean?" Right. And I was like, "Well." He was like, "Got to break, got to break down all the words." So, well done. Obviously, you've done something. You know, you've performed a task. And then my good, performing for the function for which you were created, which would be the definition of good. And then we got to faithful, and I never really, I never really worked through this one. But with us defining the terms, would it be so? I'm doing, which would be the 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 good performing for which the function the function for which I was created. So that's the doing part. That's the works part. The faithful is believing in the teachings of of Christ and of God and then servant I'm not 100% sure with on this one other than he is the the head and I am a worker but I'm also a brother I, I don't know cuz I've had so much information like really like given to me so I'm I I really am legit lost inside of it in a sense trying to figure it out like I tried to I tried to throw out a couple things but none of it really ever went bing light bulb kind of type deal so okay so do you know where it's at no I matthew don't. 25 I, and the reason i know that he asked me earlier i, I asked know. where it was at earlier so when you actually look it up though it's it's inside of a parable oh okay and it's inside the parable of the talents ah oh, interesting yeah so i mean that, i'm yeah, familiar with that one right so the context along with the defining of the words because that's where you started in a, yeah, and, yeah. and amen to that i mean that's that's I've put in a little work. <laughs> yeah, every, and everything you just did right there is what I would recommend you to do. So that's all beautiful. I, um, So as you work through the words and you understand those words, faithful is pistos, and that's going to be, like you said, um, believing, um, reliable, uh, and I'll even actually just, reliable, faithful, believing. All right, so when, when, when you look at that, that means in relationship of believing that has led to you becoming reliable good being to perform the function for which you were created and you've done this well. So you've actually performed the function for which you were created in a reliable way as the servant becomes important. So dulios is going to be the, this, the word that's there. Now okay. that dulios could be a bond slave also. Okay. All right. Now when I say bond slave, what is, do you know what that adds? Cause I know that me and you've somewhere, I, I'm sure you've heard me talk about I it. I know we've talked about it, okay. but I don't, I'm, I don't remember. What's the difference in a regular slave and a bond slave? 
aren't bond slaves don't bond slaves like choose to be like continue to do it like i know because in their culture it was a little different like you some were forced and others like they could they, they could, could willingly and and you had jubilee and and there there were okay so without getting into those trees because that's right it, there's multiple ways that you could become a slave dulios and then a bond slave what well, the the genesis for my question is more about what was their role what did a bond okay. servant do okay well then no i don't okay. i don't know a bond servant is the one that washed the feet as people ah, came in okay and the reason that's important is most of your epistles start with i am a bond servant of christ meaning if i'm washing feet in the kingdom yeah i'm better than the king in hell ah okay that makes a and lot of sense then you get into the parable, or when Christ builds out anyway, it's not really a parable. He says, listen, um, you're no longer a bond slave. Right, your brother. now you're a friend. Oh, well, yeah, friend, that's right. And the reason you're a friend is that the father doesn't tell the slaves the Plan. plans of the house. Mm-hmm. But to you, he's given them. Right. That would be the, the word of God mm-hmm. has now been given to you, mm-hmm. but you had to come in as a bond slave. Right, right, right. They were elevated from that position, but they would not have been there to have the conversation had they not been a bond slave. Gotcha. So you come in with nothing. So it's the position that they put themselves in because you're, it's the, it's almost, it almost coincides with the humiliation exaltation thing because like how many people would willingly want to go wash feet? Like, I mean, just, just being, being fair. That's not a position that I think a lot of people would like, oh, snap. Look here, Cindy. We can go wash people's feet. You know, there's not but, a lot. There's not a lot of people that. But that you would do literally that. go to the thing that they lock people away and you keep them in there and then wash feet. Yeah. All right. What's the difference? Uh, the difference is the why. Yeah. So here's the truth: you are a bond slave. Yeah. You're either a servant in the kingdom of darkness or you're a bond slave in the kingdom of light. Right. The question is: Has anybody actually taught you? That you don't mean anything. Oh, yeah. Well, I, okay. I arrived on that all by myself. So you can stay there and get worse and worse. Right. Or you can not mean anything because of the separation that you never created for. So there's hope. There's invitation. Mm. There's, however, yes, in the kingdom, you bring nothing. nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but I, I think mean. that's the problem. But I can do. No, you cannot. <laughs> Your most righteous work would be a filthy rag. Right. What I think, you've never had your mind alive to not conform to the pattern of this world. You've never known what it means to be a sacrifice like the one that he allowed us to know about. The invitation is you bring nothing to the table because apart from me, you are worthless. Now, that gets to the core of the pride of whether or not you have come to the end of yourself. Right. And that gets back to, and I'm not saying that it doesn't happen the other way. I will take the odds of 30 people in a celebrate recovery coming out of drug addiction, than 330 people in a Sunday morning service. And here's why they've hit rock bottom and they know they are worthless by their experience. Yeah. And then you can take their experience and add it to the, truth claim yeah we're back to faith and works by the way yeah your works have shown you enough to have faith that without him you are lost right if you think you just need a little help and i'm pretty good 
Yeah. And, and and then I hear something that, hey, God, I love God. God loves me. And that's great. <laughs> right. And that's not salvation, but it is something that'll make you per, pursue, pretend. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that could be, you know, the change happens. And that's why it's hard for a rich or a prideful or someone that thinks highly of themselves. The exaltation can't be done until the humiliation because right. you have to come to terms with the truth. And the truth is you are nothing apart from me right depart from me you worker of practices of not my law but yours yeah it's, I mean, you just and that's said wisdom it's that's, your, your yeah. understanding it's your choice it's all all that's like you you've already you've already said that and then that's where you're talking about on the day we're there god you'll say amen to either one and what you were saying was i'll do what i want to do right but then you did it <laughs> So there's still faith in works. I mean, in well, other words, yeah. you didn't just sit around and say, well, you know, I think this and this. No, you lived a life of it Yeah. while you said it. Right. Now, what's the opposite of that? What would be the fruit of the mirror image? It would be once I had someone introduced would be one word, but run me into the truth of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I submitted and said, thank you. Instead of turning, mm-hmm. I had to see who I was, and I was a bondservant. I, I didn't deserve to wash people's feet. And in that heart, they then t- taught me this wonderful invitation. Right. They then taught me the good news. That's what it made it good was it was how could you love me? I don't deserve it. Lift up your chin. Who's going to condemn you if I'm the one saving you? Right. And when you fall in love with that, mm-hmm. I'll gladly wash feet. And then when somebody says, hey, let's have a foot washing ceremony. Yes, let's do that because I want to remember how I came in. Right. Now you've got a different understanding of that washing feet because in the pride of where we started, absolutely. Who, not, I'm not washing no feet. <laughs> Now, you know, but we get back to, oh, well, they can't talk to me that way. No, you're dead, dude. You got no rights. <laughs> yeah. But if nobody explained that to you coming in, you end up with church folks that are, you better vote conservative because you know we're going to change the world with a, with a man. It's like, well, I think Isaiah 9, like, says the opposite of that. Yeah. Not that you shouldn't make an impact in your community and don't take that the wrong way. What I'm saying is there's not a man other than the one that was 100% God that was ever going to put the government on his shoulders properly. And that's who we put our faith in. And his work is finished. We're not looking forward to anything new. Right. That is birthed out of the plan being shared with me by the master. Right. And the master tells me about how his son died so that I could be his bride. And I could take on his name, not by blood, but by promise and vow. And his word will always be faithful. And it will overcome my faithless word Mm -hmm. because I am now in the family by invitation to where all of us will watch each other feet because of what we got to be part of. And it's thankfulness and it's contentment and it's strength and it's love, peace, patience, joy, steadfastness. And it's these things that you can't... You've spent all this time trying to figure it out, and then you can't tell anybody about it because yeah. it's something you have to have received. It's not right. something you can just – you can talk about it, but I'm not dead. No, you've never been alive is what I'm trying to tell you. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, I'm not arguing over your understanding. I'm saying God has made an understanding. So then when it comes to this plan, the father has betrothed his son to where I am now his bride. He protects and provides for me. 
And then I find out that I am a son of God, mm. co-heir with my husband, mm. to where it wasn't about, oh, and then he's going to rule over you. No, I've created you to help me rule, because mm -hmm. in this kingdom, we don't withhold from each other. We'll wash each other's feet, and everybody does their part, right. and there is no one that's not like each other right? because of the inheritance through the adoption by the choice of the father right and he happens to be god yeah i and i think I, I would think about it this way it's part of the 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 message that that i'm gonna build out it's gonna be one of those i'm just gonna you know gonna build it baby uh but i think one of the coolest things is that you know even jesus washed the disciples feet so there's there are numerous times where god is never asking us to do something that he hasn't done So well done in the experience that you gave me. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah. yeah, because you entered into the function for which you were created. Yep, and became reliable enough on me and not on you to go through the time and the process of being my servant, raised to my friend, then known as my bride, and unto being a son of God, being trained to judge the angels. Yeah, as to a, a, eventually to a brother, a co-heir. In this particular verse seeing where it was at it says then you have been faithful over a little yeah i will set you over much enter into the joy of your master mm. and there are people in my life inside of ministry that most would consider insignificant yeah um however they live in poverty level life mm. And they don't complain. And it's interesting. Yeah, and just like talking to Margaret this morning and, and, and losing a friend to cancer that had bought, battled through other forms of cancer, and this was like a lesser form, so the individual had more confidence because, I mean, I've already been through brain cancer, and, and this, right. this kind of cancer is compared to that, nothing, and I'm going to be okay. And then within a month, you're missing someone that was vibrantly saying, I'm going to be okay three weeks ago. Yeah. So there's the uh, un, it, the shock value of, oh, my goodness. Right. Um, but, like, when I think of people like that, I'm like, but I guarantee you through all the other cancers, mm. you are hearing a confidence that she had that you, you don't. You've, yeah. ne you've never experienced it because you, you haven't done the works of going through those diagnoses and going through the confidence right. to where here you're you just in your – I just heard about this morning, but what I just heard you say that maybe you don't hear yourself saying because you're in the box of your friend being gone and the pain of missing. But what you did say was, after multiple battles, I'm still confident God's got me. Yeah. And now that person's home, and there was no other end for any of us. We're not staying here. Right. But the whole time that that person was here was confidence amidst the storm. Right. If that's not a good enough example, then I, I, there isn't one. Right. Um, usually the people that go through the most stuff or struggling have the strongest faith. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's true. Cause it's like the, uh, like when you were building out the third world country versus the versus over here, like mm -hmm. when we have someone from over here who goes over there and then they come back here and they're like, man, this church is dead. We, ain't, you know, y'all ain't got da, 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 da. And it's like, yeah, but they're, they live a totally different life than we do. And the difference is that you visited there. Like you went on there, like, a lot of the times, I mean, that was, you You weren't going there to stay. You weren't going there to take up their way of life. 
So it's not, it's never gonna, it's never gonna resonate well because what you experienced over there was for you to love people over here in a different way, not for, not for you to come back and tell everybody else how they're getting, how they're getting it wrong. And I think that's a, that's a lot of the times because with the right kind of mindset going over somewhere and being in missions and seeing how other people live and how much they don't have or how much they have to work to get the, the accommodations that we have here, like running water. Like we don't have to walk three miles to get a bucket of water. So everybody can have something to drink. We can just simply turn on the faucet and get a get a drink of water. But if you would have come to those people and said, while I was over there, I saw something that I long for us to have as a church, for us to have a stronger faith, not in, not on, uh, all the things like running water and all those things. It's not that, but something more because they depend on God to provide for a lot more that we just take for granted. And I think that inside of that, you can challenge people instead of condemning them because then you're not even going to get into a conversation. You're just getting into a, let me tell you how I'm right and you're wrong, which I think is one of the biggest problems that we have. We need to be entering into conversations, not entering into you're doing it wrong. Well, you just said conversations, which would be what do you have faith in intellectually, and then what you're doing wrong would be works. And if you take someone that is from here Mm -hmm. and goes into a third country, Mm -hmm. you know things they will never know because the amount of time that you've had and the comfort that you've had and the design of school and all the things that were provided to you that at some degree you take for granted because you couldn't count up all your blessings if you wanted to. And you take who you are and of to that culture and you see someone who is of another part of the world. Meaning you're going to see their works and wish you had that kind of experience. Right. And they're going to wish that they knew everything you know. Right. Because of the faith that you're trying to explain. Right. They're the example and you're the, the you're, they're the bio, you're the psyche. What's missing is the Zoe. Right. All right. And so we have to define words and these are big words for reading scripture. And the reason they're big is they don't seem to be. Right. All right. But the word are and of. Yeah. All right. You are, that's a ontological statement. That's a being statement. You are first world country or you are third world country. It's who right. you are. Right. All right. So you can't be who they are. Right. Because you are from here. Yeah. But both of you are in this world, in this kingdom. Right. And you are of different places. Mm-hmm. Now, of different places, the word of to be of Christ or mm-hmm. the Elohim or of the most high of is a small part of the whole. Okay. But you're part of the whole. That's what makes you of. Right. So if we are Americans and we're of this nation mm-hmm. and we go to somewhere that they are from Haiti mm-hmm. and of that nation, you're going to see the differences in the psyche understanding of their bio experience. Yes. The Zoe is the glue. Mm. So you could present the Zoe, the, the 
the God hit the third, the third heavens, the, the, the fact that there is this gospel and there is this beautiful creator mm-hmm. and it can pull either one of those out because then you are not of this world right. and you are of God. Right. Now that'll equally challenge two different ends, mm-hmm. but ultimately that's back to faith in what, you know, the actions that that leads to and whether or not that's of God mm-hmm. and you are a child of his. And that's, that's that same three, but yet one working it out. We're juggling yeah. the same balls just in different illustrations. Yeah. And that time we weren't even really paying attention. I guess with the way that I was saying it wasn't really paying attention to <clears throat> paying attention to the third ball there. I was kind of like juggling with two. I'm like, look at me. And Eric's like, uh, oh, that's, that's, that's great. When are you going to start actually, actually juggling? <laughs> but we can, we can read the scripture with the R and the of become important when you're reading your scripture, because say, Say you've lived a hard life. Yeah. Your experiences are needing this 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 gospel, this good news, okay? Right. But you're not hearing the good news being about God. You're hearing this good news that there's somebody actually reaching into what you need. You know, it's it's right. still it's still bio my experience. Intellectually, these are the answers I need. Right. But if it stays there, it's worthless because it's right. just going to be what you want it to say, and you're going to come up with your own version because it's who you are of where you came from right and, and until it switches that mm-hmm. no, no no i am holy because he's holy i am part of the great i am jesus didn't say i am the that great i am he says before abraham was i am right and the great i am sent me mm-hmm. so i am a child of god mm-hmm. i am of the kingdom of god that's an ontological statement. I that's my being. I am yeah. a spiritual creature birthed by the love of God, and God is love and spirit. That is who I am. Right. Now, am I in this tent? Well, yes. Yeah. But it's a tent because I know that I'm going to die. Right. But there's a building waiting, and it, that that gets back into the face side. But yes, I mean, it's it's you'll you'll find yourself working from your bio and your psyche. And your Zoe, and and I mean, if you're hearing that, you don't. I mean, you haven't heard all the podcasts, or you're just not familiar with it. It's one of the most important things you can do. That the three Greek words for the English word life in yeah. the New Testament are Zoe, Bio, and Psyche. And it's not hard for us to understand that we're mind, body, and spirit. I mean, you've heard that in English terms all your oh, life. Yeah. If you're if you're in a nation that's a an literate nation, all right. So right. App- applying actually seeing it that way all three are mm-hmm. equally important to understand one right and if you separate them that's the right relationship is no separation to to integrate them to learn to yeah. see all three of those because they're linked right to see to see them all is, is to see them all and to understand them all is to hold them all in tension because that's how i mean that's what it's basically calling us to do right yes and the 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 schemes of the the design of the the deceiver and accuser they they don't change because that's who he is that's who well, it's cuz yeah that's who he is and, and that's what the kingdom of. of this world right. and that's the way it works mm-hmm. all right well he's usurped something that he doesn't own right so you still see god's designs that he's perverted yeah so when you see it, and I say it's just as true backwards as it is forwards, he's going to flip the truth of God on its head. Yeah. 
because he doesn't want you to be close enough to fall in love with the truth. He wants you to be headed in the opposite direction. He wants you to turn away from So to repent is to turn back to the truth of God. Mm -hmm. The opposite would be being born dead, spiritually separated, which would be your face the other way. Mm -hmm. What I've said is one woman, one man. What the world says is, I mean, that, that's old, and you can have as many partners as you want. Yeah. It's 2022, bro. Right. We got medicine commercials about, go have AIDS. You might die, but here's a medicine you can take. It'll make you feel a whole lot better. Side effects, anal bleeding and eyes coming out and, you know, guts coming through your nostrils. And you're like, did you just see that commercial? And it's like, yeah. And then it like, it's a football game. So they run it like every seven minutes. You're like, my goodness. I mean, this is something that has become acceptable. But it's the silliness and the upside downness that as a believer you feel because it's the exact opposite. You want to know how to not have AIDS and not have all these side effects? I don't know. Listen to the plan of God, one woman, one man, and you wouldn't even have to worry about this stuff. Right. And I know that that's kind of like a sarcastic way of saying it. What I am saying, though, is the cosmic battle is real. Right. And whatever it is, it's going to be flipped on its head. It. Mm -hmm. Worship of self is directly against the opposite direction of worship of God. You want to know how I know? Because then there's that and the other. Yeah. The other who? Oh, the other selves. <laughs> yeah. You know, you want to know why you'd make a horrible God? Because there's 7 billion of us. <laughs> yeah. If all 7 billion had the authority of God. Man. Yes. <laughs> but they not... don't. They have the lie of a God pretending to have control. Right. And he doesn't own anything so when you look at the design of your body it has to do with the design of your if it's the design of the bio it's the design of the psyche and the zoe right now to get them out of order you're gonna have to flip it on his head but to put them back into order it's got to be all three equally mm -hmm. so if we talk about your metabolism if you i mean so i've gained some weight you know god says it's a temple i should do something about it oh, but my genes <laughs> you know and I want to go to the gym, but you're so far away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and you come up with excuses, but ultimately, um, your gene what about your metabolism? Just just pick up just pick an element. You take your metabolism. You want to know how to make your metabolism speed up? It's gonna be off of nutrition and exercise. Right. All right. So faith enough to actually eat what I'm supposed to because of worship. That right. would be my faith in the fact that, that that's good for me and this is bad for me. Right. And then, I don't know, works. Actually doing what you know you should do. Right. Uh, that's called obedience, by the way, in case yeah. you know everybody's wondering what that term means in the Bible. It just I means was. you have your faith, now you have your obedience. Mm -hmm. And the more you keep your faith and your obedience in right connection, yeah. your metabolism gets bigger and stronger. It's like a snowball going down a hill. It's just it's just growing and, and, and building. Right. So then all of a sudden you're able to burn this fat that your body hasn't been able to before because you're actually growing muscle through the resistance training and the actual proper nutrition to mm -hmm. where you have this greater demand. Guess what calorie does? It's just a form of energy. So now you need more energy to keep your metabolism doing what it's doing. I don't know, kind of like God created it. It's kind of, <laughs> kind of weird that way. But now you get a 90-10 split, which says, but God's not trying to keep anything from you. You can have things that maybe are bad for the body overall, but doesn't do anything but shrink your metabolism like just a little bit. If you're 90% of the time eating good yeah. and one cheat meal a week, you have a Saturday night where, I mean, um, and, and it allows you to deal with the temptation where, where it says you've never been tempted past anything that God hasn't given you a way out of. Right. All right. So put it into your metabolism. 
I'm eating what I'm supposed to. I'm being obedient and it works there and things are growing. I'm feeling good. My mind is clear because I've got good nutrition and the body's burning good fuel. Everything's good. But Mick just came in with pizza and it's Tuesday night and it's like, man, them carbs smell so good. And then I watch a commercial and it's like, do you have an extra piece? And I've got the conviction of you're not supposed to, but then I got the condemnation of who cares? You know? <laughs> and, 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 but what I, what I have, if I have an, uh, an understanding is Saturday night yeah. is my 10%. That's when I'm going to, I pizza, baby. What kind is it? And, <laughs> yeah. and you just look at it and you kind of like, you know, prisoner and warrior, like looking your finger, like, oh yeah, pepperoni, that's what I have on Saturday night. But now that that's what I hold on to. Right. Until Friday night, somebody <laughs> comes in with fried catfish and hush puppies and you're like, yeah, the heck with pizza. I want some fried <laughs> catfish. And no but I have a night. I have the ability to enjoy what other people enjoy, but in the relationship of, God said, give me your desire, and I'm, I'm not holding it back from you. You can enjoy it, but it has to be in right relationship. You can't do it to love yourself. Right. You have to be able to do it because out of the love of who we are, I allow you to taste the things you want to taste. Mm -hmm. So then what will happen is doesn't really matter what I want during the week. When I eat it on Saturday night, it's going to feel like somebody shoved their fist all the way down in my stomach and then like took my innards and just bowled them up in a ball because my body doesn't really want it. My mind wants it. Yeah. I would smell it. I would remember the way the carbs tasted. I'd start to drool like one of my dogs just looking at me like this. And, <laughs> but when I eat it, because of the right relationship, my body has the ability to say, that's like syrup sticking to the top of my mouth when I drink Coke. But you could, all you got to do is drink a 12 ounce can for about four days. And that, 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 that goes away and you can drink all you want after that. Yeah. But it took four days for you to disobey your body and yeah. disobey the worship to get back to where you came from. But once you get out of where you came from and you take on an obedient lifestyle that has purpose and meaning, and it starts to clear up your mind. Mm. It's integration. It's what you were created for. And, and, and you can go in and out. And, and I mean, in other words, you can be disciplined and, and really have a stretch where you're doing good. And then guess what? You, something depressing happens in your life. You end up coping and whatever. Right. Um, you slip back into it. But then all you got to do is do what? Oh, I remember how it felt. I remember how he taught me. Yeah. And you have the experience to return in your faith mm -hmm. to what you've done before. Right. And I mean, that's where the, I mean, okay, you, you show me your faith without any works and I promise it's just going to stay that. Yeah. But I'll show you my faith by my works. Mine will be growing and changing. Now I may be failing it sometimes, but yeah. I'm going to absolutely be blowing up your phone on what God just showed me sometimes. But yeah. I, th I, I was thinking about it now as like an illustration. Basically it's like, you know, if you you just show me your faith and it's like okay you still believe it yeah all right well i gotta go and do this but i'll be back in a little bit check in with you you come back and it's like so i was just over down here in the nursing home we were visiting some people and i just got to hear this really cool story about whatever and whatever but you still believe what you believe right and it's like oh yeah yeah, yeah still believe all right well i gotta go now but when i come back i'll, I'll, I'll tell you something because <laughs> if you tell me that on tuesday night yeah. and it's just a theory yeah. i'm gonna be like hey yeah man I, I go to church on sunday and wednesday i could talk to you then <laughs> We we could talk to you about your nursing home stuff on Tuesday, you know, Wednesday or Sunday, because then I could pretend like I'm the same. Yeah. But like right now, I'm watching basketball. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yes, that large pizza, that's just mine. And the two liter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, two liter of cola. <laughs>
<laughs> half pound of sugar and the carbs of the pie. But yeah, I mean, it's a good night. I think I think Kentucky's going to win. Yeah, I, I like the I like that when you got here. <laughs> Originally, you showed me your drink that you. That you I said got, a medium. You got. It was so big. I was like. Dude, what were they just going to give you the whole two liter if you ordered a large? Man, I'm a firefighter. I don't need a liter for of cola. It's for a cop. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> don't go there. Okay, different question. So in Romans uh, 14.2, one person believes he may eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables. That's Romans 14.2. But Paul talks about strong faith and weak faith. As we have discussed before, Paul is saying that the one who fasts and abstains from certain types of food has weak faith. I know for a long time that I was under the assumption that the one with stronger faith was active in these practices. My question is, with Paul and James, two different yet similar views, Paul is making a more nuanced, uh, I have argument, but it's probably presentation, but James is making a more macro argument what are we to take away from both their viewpoints and this is where i was talking about in romans where we were talking about the weak faith and all that right. stuff so and i was i was trying to marry them and you when we were talking about it you had a pretty good example of this so now let's put them in intention together if you spend enough time in, in front of jesus and paul Mm-hmm. And Johnine, you know, Pauline and Johnine theology is more advanced. It is, and not of course advanced, like at the core. What what I mean by that is, when Jesus Christ walked the earth, he was an eschatological preacher about the truth of God. His message that he preached was, "Oh, before you die, I'm coming back. Right? And you need to live immediately, putting these things in action because God the Father sent me to tell you He's coming. Right." Now, upon the resurrection and ascension, you got time. Yeah. And James was in between your Johnine, Pauline working. Now, I understand that Pauline letters came out chronologically where they came out. What I am saying is Jesus came to the Jews to where he tells the Gentile woman, I came for the Jews first. How would I give you what I came to give them? But the right. reason I gave it to them is so that they're going to end up giving it to you right. to be like me. Right. James is writing way more towards the Jew and entering into the right works relationship to yeah. offer it to the Gentiles. Right. Pauline and Johnine are, John is 90 years old, and he's seen where this has played out. The The temple has been you know, fallen for 20 years. Yeah. Um, Judaism has now taken a hit. The Gentiles have turned and become like the Jews telling them how they need to live and what right. to do. And, and, and he's, he's been here through an experience long enough to where his message is then changed to Jesus. The way I might've understood Jesus was coming back, but apparently a day with the Lord, you know, that's Peter, of course, but it, the, the message is, but as a church, we've got to come up with how we're going to sustain this. How are you going to continue to grow? How are we going to, whether you're Jew or Gentile, be of God? Uh-huh. And that's, you know, your gospel of John and why it's different than the synoptic gospels. Is right. Now that we understand that he's the son of God and this is an eternal plan. And we don't know how long we're going to be here. We need to start lining up with the life that we're going to live over the time period to be able to understand the church. And you, and you have Paul writing these things that it's only by grace you've been saved because I've sent to the Gentiles. So that you wouldn't boast, because Gentiles, you guys are killing the the Jews right now by you know being the way that you're being with them. Yeah. You were grafted into them 
don't forget where you came from right. because the reason that this happened is because they forgot where they came from. Right. So now nobody knows where they came from. Let's return to the deity of Jesus Christ that is offered that. Right. So when you see those those in, in historical redemptive history, that's the word I'm thinking of, inside of redemptive history, as it moved forward, we end up with, now that we're the church, we got to learn structure. Yeah. I mean, now here's the elders and deacons and how do we sustain the difference in the Hellenistic Jews and the regular Jews to start out with. Right. And, and then the persecution, which I mean, Paul was the one doing, yeah. then Paul gets changed and he has to, he has to grow out of who he was. Right. And of. Right. Into who he is now. And where he is of now. And that's what you see in that, in that literature, the questions begin to evolve. And I, I mean, I understand that, you know, that I'm not talking about evolution where a cat becomes an elephant or anything right, like that. I'm right. saying that as it continues to grow through redemptive history, sliding across time, certain questions are asked, answers are given, mm -hmm. which then birth new questions and enough new answers and questions over 50 or 60 years, including the physical fall of the temple to the Romans. Right. Now they're oppressed, being burned in the gardens. I need some different answers. Yeah. You know, believe in me. Do it now because yeah. all things are going to be over compared to, hey, uh, everybody's dying. <laughs> and then you get First Thessalonians, which is an answer to that question because right. that's what's happening in redemptive history. And you have to track that history to be able to place yourself in the original audience from the original author. And then Paul comes in and says, hey, I don't want you guys to think because they're physically dying that all they have done is go to sleep. Yeah. There's going to be this triumphal entry which John Darby snagged and made up his own makeup, you know, her heretical stuff in the 1800s. But whop, whop. the way you've seen the Romans have their triumphal entry in the city of man. Yeah. Jesus is coming back. Oh, yeah. And when he comes back, the skies are going to open up. There's not going to be any doubt. There's mm. not going to be like invisible people that aren't here and all that. No. There'll be no doubt when God comes back. Oh, yeah. And when he comes back, Yep. You will be caught up with him in the triumphal return yep. the same way the Roman Empire would have the, the Caesar stop outside the town with the army and all the citizens that wanted to be part of the triumphal entry would go and get in the back of the line. Now, they didn't get in front of Caesar. Yeah, I'll just get right here in front of the white horse. <laughs> Can I hold the golden, uh, the golden eagle? It's like, no, those people had to earn that right. <laughs> it's like, you said I could be a part of it. In right relationship, and okay. the Archangel Michael, which is our warrior guardian beside our Lord of Lords, yep. King of Kings, on the white horse through his blood that was shattered because of the darkness in this world, but death has now set us free. It's supposed to... It, 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 <laughs> it's all the Word of God. Yeah. It was never intended to be... Verse 16... Oh, well, verse 21, right. that's, that's all moving forward. Right. When they would go and they would preach the gospel in the towns, 3% of the people were literate. They would come in and they would act out the entire gospel, the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Um, what was the talent part again? <laughs> what was the third guy? <laughs> no, they didn't, they didn't dissect it like that, and they, right. didn't, they, they understood this theatrical invitation of the might and the kingdom of God overcoming, which is what was the fulfillment of the stories they knew from before. Right. And the story answered their story and they lived for it. And the more we just make it about conversations, 
without application, faith and works is what that gets back right. to. It, 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 you're losing elements that are already hard for us to connect to anyway. Right. Um, and and I, if anybody has, that's listening has been around work days at the church or going on a mission trip or going to a jail, going and doing makes it different than sitting around talking about it in value. Oh, yeah. It's like just tenfold. But I mean, I think that that's what it, that's what it boils down to, though, because a lot of people will say. I think it's interesting because you hear a lot of people say, in a sense, what they're getting at is the faith and works thing, because you're like, well, yeah, so and so says he's so and so, but he does a lot more. Jerry will say he's a stand up guy says, you know, he never tells a lie or anything like that. But if you ask everybody that works with Jerry, they all know. He's a liar. I mean, he lies constantly. He's always lying to protect his own tail. I know he thinks that he's not a liar, but everyone else will ask and will tell you he's a liar. And that's, I think that's what is being put in front of us. I think that's what James is kind of saying. And I, and I, it makes more sense now because he's putting it in front of, of Jews who would be way more likely to be actually, I don't know, doing what they believe. Whereas the Gentiles would be, and this is more of your uh, Roman Greco area, so they're real in, big into philosophy. They're all into what we think, not so much what we do. And I think that those two together, once you figure out that Paul's talking to one one group of people and then James is presenting it to another group of people, but when you realize that they're all talking about one body, which is the body of Christ, that that's what that's what connects them. What connects them is faith and works, what we believe and what we do because of who we are and what we are and who we are of. Inside of one particular time in history. Yeah. So in other words, literally the Jews were given this ministry mm -hmm. to people they didn't want to give it to. Yeah. Was it Jonah? Jonah's the same thing. I mean, the same as the person God lays on your heart that you don't want to give it to because you yeah. don't like that person. I mean, you don't have to, we don't have to pretend like these aren't real things that happen. Yeah. Even, and so when it comes time for the conviction of God, not leaving you alone. And yes, you're going to have to go talk to the person that when you go talk to him, oh, you man. already know this dude is going to be like, not from you. I don't even know. What yeah. What's your angle? <laughs> you know, and, and you're going to have to weather that storm right? or else you're not going to be obedient. Mm -hmm. The Judaizers were going, like, if you go read the book of Acts, yeah. which is the combination in history of these two things mm -hmm. written by a Gentile doctor with very good Greek so that we get yeah. to understand it. Yep. Paul was given this ministry to the Gentiles and everywhere he went, there was the Judaizers. You know, what you could do is you could <laughs> add some Moses. <laughs> and then Paul is saying, you know, if you add Moses, they're going to lean on their works. Yeah. Like you are. Right. And not understand their philosophy. Right. But they're not going to understand their philosophy if they don't return to the Torah, which is where Jesus is like, you know, I'm not going to lift anything. To you know, I, I didn't come to abolish the law and the prophets when I opened it up to the Gentiles. Right. Not a dot or a tittle of those expectations are going to change. Right. The difference is in relationship, I've made a door for you to understand to return to that because where you find you fail in your philosophy, I was the answer. Yeah. And then, hey, Jews, Jews, you guys, Romans 2, think that you're the teacher, but you're just as guilty of every, as everyone else of what you blame everybody for 
because you look at your works and think you're better than others. And I'm telling you, if you would have been, I wouldn't have to come. But you killed me. <laughs> so where everybody, so basically, he's attacking where, almost in a sense, he's challenging them in their in their in their weakness, not in what they're good at. Okay, so change it from there to our. Well, um, yeah, okay. Because it's still it's still bio and psyche. One was leaning on their philosophy in their mind, right? But needed to understand what to do with their life as a living sacrifice, right? And that's what the gospel would invite them into. Being right. Living, all right, but then you have the Jews; they understand the sacrificial system, and they understand. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, this is what I did, and this is what I did. But you don't love anybody, yeah. <laughs> so how am I going to love everybody? You're going to have to actually. I don't know. Let's start with talking to them. <laughs> You know, and not 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 it's preaching like, and actually, telling them what's wrong with them. I mean, like actually caring what their answer is. Yeah, you're talking about the dirty Jews. I mean, the dirty Gentiles. I mean, even they got in. <laughs> <laughs> but you catch it in the language, and it makes it real because these are still the same things, right? That we suffer with because that's the old nature. Well, that I, yeah, because that I mean, I guess yeah, if you're challenging someone and what they believe or whatever and you basically tell them it's like, well, I mean, it says in Deuteronomy 30 that you can you can do it. And then someone would be like, but but I mean, that's the old covenant. I don't have to do that. I don't I don't I don't have to though. And it's like, yeah, I know, but this is this would this would be the problem. Here's here's where why you could be stagnant in your walk with God or why you feel like you're getting further away from God because you are actively choosing to not participate in the things that he's invited you into. So this becomes, it's something on, on our end, whether it's our understanding or whether it's what we are doing, we are, the gospel is going to constantly challenge us where we are at. And unless we are servants who are willing to be challenged and have our, our psyche life challenge for the benefit of the zoe life which where we are from so it's for everyone because that's the same thing that paul builds out again in romans where he's saying you know the the foot can't look at the hand and say because i'm not a hand i don't have any value because we're all we're all the we're all the body of christ so we all are important even though we Mm -hmm. are different but at the end of the day in making it that personal relationship when it's you and god god's gonna go Oh yeah, you understand. You you understand what what the story is, but you don't want to be a part of it. Like you don't you don't want to you don't want to actually do it. You don't actually want to put yourself lower than your coworker because you don't like them. And that's exactly where I'm going to challenge you at. So the story of God has to be good enough to exchange the story that you had. Yeah. When that story invites you into the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Out of your old nature. Yeah. But it's a time and process. Oh, yeah, yeah. You are going to lean towards your strength. Oh, yeah, absolutely, 100%. So if you went to church all your life and you yep. know Christianese yep. and you can really explain your thesis, your your ideas, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're, that's going to be like, oh, you don't do works because that's legalism. You know, what you need to do is you need to understand this and you need to, we need to go talk to them. Right. And we need to tell them. And I mean, what we need to do is explain. And these words like explain, tell, read, these are all intellectual things. Right. And because that's what you've always known, God's like, okay, that's great. Let my people think about what they're going to go do. (laughs) And if you really, really want to know, it actually says back there that if you would commit your works and start doing, I'll establish your plan. Right. Yeah. Well, let's talk about it. Yes. Let's consider, young man. (laughs) Put on your big boy pants. 
And yeah. he's going to call you. And the question is, is the story good enough for you to take your strength and lay it down to go after your weakness? Right. That's what God's going to say. Okay. It's great that you know, and you've been to church all your life. Have you ever actually started caring for people that don't believe what you believe or don't go to the church that you go to or right. whatever and not you go tell them to go to your church and to be like you, yeah. but to actually go and learn who they are and why they're separated from this great story. Have they not heard it? Right. Do they disagree with it? Yeah. Can it be explained better? You're going because of the beauty of the story, but you are actually laying down the thing that you would depend on hmm. because you're going to go to the other side. Now you got the other people that it's all legalism. We don't play instruments. We love horrible music here. None of that <laughs> contemporary stuff. So, I mean, when, when, when they do that, it's like, no, not that's and, 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 and obedience, obedience, obedience. And when you do that, you got this hammer, Yeah, but you don't want to talk to anybody about it because if they challenge your views, you don't have any answers because all you've got is do it. <laughs> but uh, why? The last person that asked it went to hell. It's like, you know, do it. And so it, it, it's when the doing becomes heard and moved into, and then the knowing becomes action that they fall in love with each other. And that's where the believer is supposed to be is in the three-way tension mm -hmm. for the glory and the story and the invitation of God by grace that we don't deserve that fills the wisdom that the original covenant said must be. It has to be taken and told which is faith and works. Yeah. And it's, it's putting your bio with your psyche because of the Zoe. And now, would you say that that is the, <clears throat> would you say that that's like the sweet spot right there? Like what you're, what you're describing is the sweet spot instead of being totally on faith and then, or totally works, you know, being one side or the other, because like, like we said earlier, religion is man working his way to God for Christianity is God making a way for man. So with that be, with that being said, what, what would be the sweet spot in the, in the, in the understanding of those two things with everything else we've been talking about today? Cause you see people being Neo one and Neo the other, well, what is the sweet spot? What is holding intention and actually walking that out in your opinion? Okay. So the sweet pot, the sweet spot would be this. Okay. You, you have two, two fists and you hold them out. Yeah. And they represent two balls that are in tension, pulling apart, tension okay. away from each other. Yeah. And you know that you, therefore, I, I think, therefore I am. Right. All right. Psyche. <laughs> yeah. And I'm living this life. Yeah. So yeah. I got my bio. I've got the fact that I'm here. Right. All right. Now, when you pull those intention mm -hmm. and that's what you got. Yeah. That's great. But then God's story grabs it in the middle and pulls it up with the one that matters. Right. So now you've got a. a a ball that pulls the other two from the middle yeah. up. It's got vertical tension right? and horizontal and, and, tension. And I'm pretty sure this looks like uh, the, the, the thing in Back to the Future. Flux capacity. All right, so it's going to pull these three, and you're going to have in the middle where all three come together at a point. Right. That's the door. Yeah. And Jesus Christ brought together 100% God's glory, 100% through his flesh and payment so that he's coming back to restore it. To where you could 100% believe it if you chose to fall in love with it. Right. And the door is that middle point in the three held in perfect tension because all three are matter. And all three matter and all three have been sent to be known. Right. So they're spinning out like circumference, you know, uh, centrifugal force. Yeah, yeah. All right. Now, if Jesus is the door, the Holy Spirit is the gatekeeper. 
So where it would be the father on the top and the son covering the bio, mm-hmm. right? So you got F on the top, you got Jesus on either side, doesn't really matter yeah. which way you go. Jesus came and took on flesh in perfect relationship with his father to allow us to have hope in a physical life. Mm-hmm. Resurrection, right? Yeah. Glorified flesh. Yeah, amen. The Holy Spirit is the mind of God, mm-hmm. but that represents you. Mm-hmm. And the only reason the Spirit is holy is because it's in right relationship with the Father and the Son and all the children of God. Right. So now you've got your name on the one side. Right. You've got Jesus on the other side, the name above all names, the only one that right. makes your name matter because you have his name now. To the Father. Mm-hmm whose name we all are underneath. Yes. So they're all the name of right. God. Yeah, yeah, Being made known to your mind through the hope of Christ's work in the flesh that you get to be an image bearer to unto the world as your mind understands what he's done. And all three are being pulled through that middle door into him. Mm. They're being integrated into him. Right. That's your perfect sweet spot. He has Giving you hope in a body that is going to fail you unto death. Yeah. But it's leading you home unto life. Yeah. Your mind, your attitude is going to be the thing you are accountable and responsible for until you are in eternity already and the not yet is finished. Hmm. Where there'll be no separation from God and his kingdom because of the finished work, and you will receive a glorified body to where we return to the paradise of all three being in existence with no separation. Right. But right now, you are spirit. You are what you do with what he's done. Right. He has made promises. He is the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God divine mm-hmm. to allow you to know you are now of the word. You are of the divine. A small part of the whole, you don't become the divine. No. Jesus Christ left equality with perfect divinity right. to take on the flesh, which is separation on our account for eternity to open up the door unto this offer. Mm-hmm. And then he says, you're going to sacrifice your body too because it's temporary. I'm not asking you to lay down anything that matters. It's dead already. Yeah. But it'll prove to you whether you will or not. Yeah. Hmm. Where are you going to prove that? In your psyche life. Yeah. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and I have come to give life and life abundant. That psyche, baby. I have come to abundantly allow your mind to overflow with the truth of who I am into that temporary flesh because I'm teaching you who you eternally are and you're going to judge the people that messed this up down here. Hmm. That's heavy. That's the gospel. I mean, it's, it's like literally right there. I yeah, mean, yeah. you are being trained through your experience by your faith in your psyche, right? giving up your bio, which I have come to let you know is okay. I've got it under control. Right. Coming home. Right. So I don't have anywhere to lay my head. Foxes and birds. Yeah. Herod, you're a fox, and Rome was represented by a bird. Yeah. I'm not of this kingdom. Yeah. Neither are my children. Hmm. That's good. I have to think about that. I'm definitely going to chew on that one for probably a little while and see what, see what I can mull over on Put that Put it one. on paper. Yeah. I, I, there's, there's somebody that has a quote that's, and, and literally it audiobook. So I haven't, I, I didn't read it. So it's hard for me to remember <laughs> the audiobooks as much as I do a, a physical book. Oh, yeah. But the, the, the quote or whatever is, let it pass 
beyond your lips into like pencil tips. Huh. And, and it, he was just saying, and don't keep it inside. When you write something down, there's just something good about writing it down and then yeah. reading it to yourself and holding yourself accountable for what you say. Yeah. Instead of saying it and nobody being able to hold you accountable to it, you yeah. can hold yourself accountable by drawing and writing yeah, yeah. what it is that you present. And I, I challenge you, if you're, if you're going to go back and do this and you said mull over it, Get you a piece of paper, yeah. draw you a circle, which means there's only one God, there's only one life, there's only <laughs> right. one real reality, there's only one truth, and, and put it in a circle, and then draw the F, draw the Jesus, yeah. draw where the Holy Spirit would be, but the Holy Spirit is only holy because of being the door, the gatekeeper to the door, John 10. Right. So Jesus has died restoring the flesh to open the door, mm-hmm. well, to to, to stain it with the, the price of the blood for life. Right. To make the payment, to atone. Right, right, right. Now, the atonement of Christ has opened up a door unto all three being perfectly restored yeah. in and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So they can invite us in. Yeah. So then you've got to be at the other side being mm-hmm. pulled in by, I don't know, where do you argue with them? In your mind. Where do you have to believe? In your mind. Where's the battle? And where do you doubt in your mind? Where do you have shame in your mind? Yeah. Well, I know what I'll do. I'll go act like I'm, yes, you're an idiot. <laughs> you need to actually do it on the inner man. Right. And, and we, you go to a psychologist, they're going to talk you out of your guilt, mm-hmm. but they're not going to give you the answer that you have to have. And that's you're guilty. Right. How do I stay guilty, but I have my guilt covered? Because they're going to say you're not guilty. They're going to have to explain it away instead right. of saying, no, 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 you are guilty. Yeah. But conviction says, but I've made a way. Yeah. Well, I would, I would say that for me in, 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 in my walk or anything like that, there's a lot of times where I run into a situation where, say, there's a, <clears throat> there's a situation among me and like a coworker or something, right? And it really doesn't, at the, at the end of the day, when I, it really bothers me and all those things, and I'm talking with God on my way home and stuff like that, you know, and God's just kind of hounding away at me that, you know, you're going to have to go, you're going to have to go make it right. You're mm-hmm. going to have to go make it right. And I'm like, but I didn't even really do it this time, you know, mm-hmm. like it wasn't me. Like, honestly, like all I did was like, whatever. And then, you know, God just, you're going to have to go make it right. What I realized on the on the drive to work the next day is like I'm gonna go, I'm gonna talk to him and all that because what it boils down to is, is that it's not up to me what they claim and what they do. I know for me personally that I'm bearing the name of God, and if He says go and make it right because it's for you because you represent me, that that's where I get the peace because I did what he said and I was faithful to what he said to do. I wasn't, I wasn't doing it for any other reason other than this is what he said and this is what I'm going to do. And when I do it, I do feel a million times better. And I'm also that example that someone can point to. And it's one of those things that when, when I get back through the rest of the week and get down about things that I haven't been doing or not, not doing as well as I think I should be doing, I guess. The Holy Spirit will remind me and be like, well, you remember the other day, you kind of was kicking and screaming the whole way home when we were talking, but you did it, though, you know, like you did it, and I helped you through it, and think about how much better you felt after after you, after you did that, and it's like, yeah, that actually did make me feel a little bit better, and you start to understand now that if 
if the mind of God hadn't told me to get into that and that mindset of it's not about him, this is about me and you. And when it's just about that relationship, I realize I'm doing it because I want to be at peace with God. And it's not necessarily, it's not solely for that person. You know, it's, that's when it, that's the marriage of the both and, but fleshed out in the doing, not in the believing, in the doing. And that's where it strengthens and gives, and gives me as a believer the assurance that as I am going, he tells me why. So let me use your car as an example of your body. Okay. And what I mean by that is this exchange is taking place when I leave being at work and I get in a car and I drive home. God then lays on my heart in conversation because the day that I'm paying attention to is kind of where I can hear the voice of God as I'm driving. Right. Um, same thing as meditating, putting your mind on a simple enough task yeah. that your body's busy so your mind can connect to your spirit. That's right. All right. But you get in your car and you close the door. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is why I mean it's like your body. That becomes like the temple. Yeah, it's meaning like a secret place. It's the meeting place of heaven and earth. I just got done with the earth making tents. Bam. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's out the door. Like, yeah. I haven't pulled out of the parking lot yet. Yeah. I look out the window. There's the earth, right? <laughs> All right there's, there's work. There's thorns, thistles, curse. There's yeah. the work. All right. everything. That's the reason that he gave me my bodily life is mm -hmm. to be able to connect with that. Yeah. But I've got my bodily life so that I can have him on the inside right as i'm out there mm -hmm. and i've got to get used to having him out there as i go to where i start to realize this relationship i have with my car right now is actually my relationship with my body mm -hmm. but for right now your your illustration is beautiful so then i pull out and i start to drive home mm -hmm. my relationship with god is the most important for home and work right because they're both here right my outer opportunity right but in route yeah Hey man, uh, for righteousness' sake, you might want to go back and do such and such. I mean, I don't really feel like I should have to. Yeah, I, I didn't ask for you to do it for them. I asked for us to be able to commune like this for cornania, for fellowship. Right. In your mind, you're going to have to submit to my spirit, and it's going to have to be walked out in works through your flesh. Right. And we're talking about it. So on the way home. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on, God. I mean, whatever, you know. And, but then you get to come home and be thankful for the family that you were working for yeah, in amen. the world, and you get to actually go to bed that night. So he didn't, like, turn around and go do it right now. Because <laughs> he might. I'm not saying he won't. Oh, yeah. but, but I'm saying that the normal relationship is, son, now that I got your attention, if you don't forgive that individual, you're going to be separated from the right relationship and right. you're going to become anxious and you're going to become full of doubt. And you're going to start to actually feel these things that you're not created for. Mm -hmm. So if you would seek first the kingdom being the people, the place and the presence of God, yeah, here's the present. Yeah. <laughs> you happen to be the place. <laughs> yeah. Now you're as my people going to manifest it because of the inner relationship. Right. And you're going to be birthing fruit mm -hmm. as the branch. Yep. Not telling the vine or the vine dresser right. <laughs> how yeah. you should be the branch, yeah. but yet paid very close attention to by the vine dresser and tied to other vines if one's weak and one's strong, yeah. pruned so that you'll get the most fruit. And I'm going to do all of that. What I need you to do is on the way home, that's cool. Talk to me. Yeah, what's up? What about 10? What about eight people? <laughs> what about two? <laughs> Yes, you're a moron. Just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm still here and I'll never leave you and I'll never turn against right. you. I'll never forsake you. So so talk to me. 
and then rest. Yeah. And then the next day on the way in, it's not a, hey, I need to talk to you. It's, okay, God, I'm going to go be that for you. And if you noticed in your own testimony, one was you being confronted on the way home, and the other one was you out of that confrontation processing it and then being able to use it for the purpose for which you were confronted. It wasn't against you. It was for you. And as you process it, that microcosm, that illustration is something that it may work out differently, but you are the the, the vehicle. You're the car, the the temple. You're the meeting place of the inner real spirit relationship into this dead spirit, this dead physical world. Right. Um, and that's the presence of God in this world, and you get to be part of that. And yeah, it, I mean, it, amen. To do that, He has to continue to say, hey, "I'm, I'm your father, and if I don't discipline my children, they won't understand who they are and be able to represent the kingdom." Right. I don't want to beat you, but I will. Yeah. But well, if, I'm but a- if you listen, and that's the attitude that you had the next day, that's that's victory in the relationship. Yeah, but it's it's always interesting to me, and one one of the things I'm super super thankful for is that like God will tell you, you know, like you need to go apologize, make the situation right, and then He'll let you go on that rant as long as you want to yeah. about how you don't feel like you're supposed to, and all that. And, it's, and He's like, okay, all right, sweet, hey, I totally hear you, but that's totally not what I said. <laughs> you're like, yes, that is not what you said. Absolutely, it's not what you said. And He's like, so sweet, so come on. Bring, give, give it all to me. Let's go. Father Abraham's first prayer. <laughs> I mean, it, it's right there from yeah. the beginning. God yeah. said, I'm willing to listen. Yeah. But it ain't going to change anything, but I'm willing to listen. <laughs> yeah. Now, that doesn't mean you can't change things that in his name and for his wisdom, your prayers don't matter. Because that's a whole nother section right. or a whole nother thing because they, uh, we absolutely are heard. But if he's telling you what's wrong with what's hurting you. Yeah. But I don't, I don't want to give that up. Okay, <laughs> but think about your children. Yeah. I mean, I got this old ratty blanket that's got snot all over it. Well, let me wash it. No. <laughs> I mean, it's got snot on it. I'm going to give it back. My, no. <laughs> yeah. You can't have my blanket. Let me tell you about this. And you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. it, it, I'm, I'm, I'm the adult. I'm going to let you go, but I, 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 I'll get the blanket. <laughs> Yeah. It's like it doesn't take that long. Like you sleep for a while, so it's gonna be washed and I'll even put it back on you. You'd be like, Yeah, I totally won that time. But yeah. how how great is it when hey, give me that snotty blanket and you give it to them so they can get the snot off of it because you actually realize yeah. what your father's trying to do right. and, and over time that's what you fall in love with through his faithfulness. Yep. Even though you didn't want to at the beginning, it's like David with the Psalms where he's like, Oh, I love your law and he's like, Yeah. Now maybe, <laughs> you know that, that didn't. David's just like every other human being. It didn't start like that. It no. was through a relationship of God putting him in positions yeah. that had to break his heart, to where he learned to. Man, if God taps you on the shoulder, the best thing to do is just stop, pay attention, listen, and do. Yeah. Now, I'm no better at that than anybody else. Well, no, I'm better yeah. than I used to be, and that's right. another important point: yeah. is don't be like anybody else. Be yeah. who you are now. Amen. But don't trade who you could be for who you are now. Yeah. Absolutely. But always remember who you were and where you started because yep. like you said, he'll he'll show it to you if you look at it. Yeah. Um Yeah, good luck. <laughs> it's eternal. We yeah, get, we get- ab- absolutely. It's totally eternal. All right. So we thank you for joining us today on the podcast. We hope that you have taken away information that will help challenge 
what you believe for the benefit of growing in our walk with God. If you would like to support this ministry, you can join us on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash faithfleshedout. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at faithfleshedout. If you have any questions or comments or want to get involved, you can email us at uh, faithfleshedout at gmail.com. Once again, that is faithfleshedout at gmail.com. Once again, thank you for joining us. Do me a favor. Say bye, Eric. Bye, Eric. We love y'all. We out.